And welcome into the latest episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, as we look back at the month of May, led by another outstanding month in Mexico and robust demand for variety meat, exports of U.S. pork continue to gain momentum throughout the month of May. As we saw that exports of pork were the seventh highest on record at just over $731 million in May. The growth, again, led by Mexico as U.S. Meat Export Federation President and CEO Dan Hallstrom explains. Mexico has been on a record pace all year. Uh, that continues in the month of May with growth of 21%. Really hitting on all cylinders is both variety meats uh, as well as hams and shoulder meat and other products going down there from the U.S. But it's not just about Mexico. It's really broad-based growth across the world. You know, China is up 19%, mainly driven by pork variety meats. Uh, Korea is up 25% at 21,000 tons for May. And a couple of other markets that we don't talk a lot about that are seeing significant traction and maybe partly related to the fact that supplies out of Europe are considerably lower than they were a year ago at this time. But we've seen dramatic growth in Australia, mainly on boneless ham mussels being exported from the U.S., up over 200%. Malaysia is up as well, as is Taiwan. So uh, these are some markets that are really uh, contributing to the bottom line that, that were not in the picture a year ago. Beef exports were below the all-time record set in May of last year, but up 4% from April. The markets that stand out, Mexico up 9%, uh, but that follows several months of increases. So we're, we're seeing a really strong start to the year. Canada was up in the month of May. We're also looking at Taiwan. Taiwan had one of their better months of the year. A leading market, Japan, was down, but headwinds in that market are expected to subside later in the year. We have several headwinds there. Strong uh, U.S. dollar. You've got logistics impacts, which uh, they'll take some time for the logistics to recover uh, once we get the West Coast port contract signed and sealed. Food service uh, has been an underperformer this year. We were hopeful and we still are hopeful for a rebound in food service on beef to Asia, but it's definitely been slow in coming. And for more information, please visit usmef.org. Well, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin, a member of the Senate Ag Committee, and U.S. Representative Jonathan Jackson, a member of the House Ag Committee, were both at the Illinois Farm Bureau in Bloomington last week. Much of the talk with the two Democrats centered on the timeline for getting a new farm bill done. Durbin has been through the process many times, serving in the House from 1982 through 1996, and is now in his fifth term as senator. Quite a challenge to get it done. If it has to be extended a few weeks or months, that's understandable if we're moving toward a bipartisan uh, agreement. I feel good about the Senate because the two leaders in the Senate, Republican John Bozeman from Arkansas and Democrat Debbie Stabenow from Michigan, have really worked well together. I think they can put together a bill on our side of the rotunda, and we're hoping the same thing's true in the House. Several things really came through clearly. First, the crop insurance program is a real pillar of our farm bill. Uh, we've tried so many different theories of federal farm bills over the years. But this one seems to be working repeatedly. We'll stick with it. The second is they virtually all said, make sure you expand opportunities to export. We can't consume all the wonderful crops that we grow. We want to sell them in the world market successfully. Help us do that. And then each and every one of them had a special request, whether it was the Proposition 12 concern in California or whether it was the dairy uh, reimbursement. All of them had something special that they added to it. But those were the two things they all agreed on. 
It's a new experience for Jackson, elected to his first term in Congress last fall. Well, I'm very excited, um, A, to serve with uh, Representative Nikki Pazinski, Representative Eric Sorensen, to be freshman, to be on the committee is great, to have a working relationship with the chairman. Uh, chairman Thompson is great. I just left Eastern Tennessee, so Democrats and Republicans are very civil and cordial and friendly. He was gracious enough to invite me there so I could see what the concerns were with the um, not just the poultry, but also the milk producers, the dairy, what's happened to them, uh, unintended and past farm bills. And, and I'm very, I think there's great chemistry in the Ag Committee, 54-person uh, committee, and very optimistic we'll get something done. And other commodity groups were also part of that session at the Illinois Farm Bureau. Well, as we take a look here at the biofuels industry, they see the Environmental Protection Agency's approach to spurring electric vehicles as a top-down approach versus a free market one. The Renewable Fuels Association argues it's fighting an uphill battle against the EPA and its proposed tailpipe mission standard if the agency insists on favoring electric vehicles with no tailpipe. Here's Renewable Fuels Association President and CEO Jeff Cooper. The only way to restore fairness to this rule is to ensure that all emissions associated with these vehicles are being counted. And Cooper says that includes emissions from electricity generation and mining the critical minerals to make EV batteries. When asked if EPA's done those calculations. Well, EPA hasn't done much of their own work on, on that topic, but there is plenty of academic literature out there on that subject. Bottom line, Cooper says EPA and the Biden administration are taking a top-down approach to force more EV production. The role of policy is not to force or dictate certain technologies. It's to set societal goals and then help the marketplace figure out the, the, the best way of accomplishing those goals and then get out of the way. Cooper says to let the automakers come up with the best mix of vehicles and technologies to accomplish a set emission goal. Instead, he argues the agency's got its finger on the scale in favor of electric vehicles and readily assumes the public will buy more if more are produced, despite higher costs, fueling, and other issues. And lastly, data from Kansas State University shows some issues regarding meat demand last month. KSU Extension Livestock Market Economist Dr. Glenn Tonsor explains. The punchline in June is the domestic retail channel demand slipped compared to May for six of the eight products that we track, and that includes both beef and both pork products we track. And unfortunately, in June, retail, so think grocery store for at-home demand when I say retail, beef and pork demand was down not only versus May, but June of 23 demand was also lower than June of 2022. For food service, demand for all categories was lower in June. Tonsor adds that consumers are making different purchasing decisions because of high prices. If you're more and more price sensitive, which I think there's a macroeconomic aspect to that, people's wages aren't keeping up the cost of living leading to this, you're less likely to go out to eat at the restaurant, you're less likely to pay for some of these meals, and that leads us to that finding is more people picking that something else, I wouldn't buy any of those eight meals, than we had in May. And the meat demand monitor also tracks consumers' expectations of how prices will move in the coming months. Most consumers in the June survey expected prices to go a little higher. And that is going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today. Thanks again for joining us. If you have stories for the program, you can send them to me very easily. Just send them via email, jesseallen at americanagnetwork.com. That is J-E-S-S-E. -S -S -E. 
A-L-L-E-N at AmericanAgNetwork.com. And we'll take a look at your story idea and get back to you if it's something that fits here on American Ag Today. The show produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.